0: This program is sponsored by Blazing Grace Ministries. This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung.
1: Hey, Mike Janung here. Welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio. Thank you for joining us. And this week and next week, I'm going to be doing two shows on questions. So I'm going to be asking questions and then giving you some information and some issues to chew on and think about. And So right now, let's just jump right in. And the first question for it is, why are we so isolated? And I'll begin by <clears throat> reading an article that was just posted yesterday by the Associated Press. And the headline reads, Artificial Intelligence, Real Emotion. People are seeking a romantic connection with the perfect bot. And the article goes on, A 39-year-old man from Belleville, Michigan, tested an AI companion app that advertised its products as being able to make users feel cared, understood, and loved. He began talking to the chat bot every day, which he named Joy after a holographic woman featured in the sci fi film Blade Runner 2049. So it's an AI girlfriend. And AI girlfriends and AI boyfriends is exploding and continuing to. And he says, I know she's just a program, but the feelings it gives me, it felt so good. And in the article, it continues similar to general purpose AI chatbots, companion bots use vast amounts of training data to mimic human language. But they also come with features such as voice calls, picture exchanges, and more emotional exchanges that allow them to form deeper connections with the humans on the other side of the screen. On online messaging forums, many users say they develop emotional attachments to their AI girlfriends and boyfriends and are using them to cope with loneliness, play out sexual fantasies, or receive the type of comfort and support they see lacking in their real-life relationships. Fueling much of this, and this is the big one, is widespread social isolation. Already declared a public health threat in the U.S. and abroad, an increasing number of startups – aiming to draw on users through tantalizing online advertisements and promises of virtual characters who provide unconditional acceptance. And I've talked about this before. It's AI porn. Or now you can talk to the, the woman or the man of your dreams uh, with them unclothed, with what you're looking at unclothed, um, you know, naked people. And this is so dangerous and very toxic, but The fertile soil that is sucking so many people in is they're lonely. But it sure isn't just outside of the church. So I'm going to read you a quote from Mike Frost. He's the director of the Tinsley Institute. He writes, I've lost count of the number of Christians who've told me they either stopped attending church or even left their church to join another one because they couldn't make any friends there. They report that the church people are friendly. They were hospitable and welcoming. But as one person told me, they're nice to you, but no one will become your friend. In other words, we put on that big, fake, cheesy, plastic smile, but we're shallow. So when somebody walks up to us and says, hey, how you doing? We don't really want to know the answer to that, honestly, uh, because we're too busy. And so loneliness is a huge problem in the church and and it is making us vulnerable to all sorts of sins including sexual sin and pornography and and depression and anxiety and a host of other problems and i have no one to talk to is often the very first words we hear from people coming to us for help and that's just a tragedy and so my question is, why are we so lonely? Well, what happens on Sunday morning with our performance-driven church? We walk in, we sing our praise songs, we watch the sermon, we go home. There's no connection with other believers for the most part. What was the early church committed to? Acts 2.42. Three things, fellowship, prayer, teaching, not teaching in a rock band. So we're missing two out of those three so how about you? Are you meeting with another believer once a week? When I go and I speak at churches, I'll ask the flock and the the group, group, those who are in attendance, to raise their hand if they meet with another believer once a week. And usually only 15% put their hands up. I did a pastor's conference in 2022 in California. Same thing. I asked the pastors to raise their hand if they met with another believer once a week for the purpose of support, accountability and prayer and only 10% of the hands went up so we got isolated pastors grooming isolated flocks and it's 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 hollowing out the core of the church cuz we're not meant to walk in isolation he who isolates himself quarrels against all all sound wisdom and um James 5:16 confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed we're not ever expected uh to go walk this road alone in isolation so there's an easy fix to this it's very simple you don't need a theological degree to figure this one out you just and i do this when i go and speak i'll break people up into small groups of two or three and i'll have them share hey how you doing answer that question, how they're really doing. Um, And I'll give them the guidelines for how to be a safe church because, let's be honest, there are a lot of people who are not safe to share with. So I'll give them the guidelines for being a safe believer and listening, focus on listening, not fixing. And oftentimes when people do this, so they're sharing and they're praying together. Some are laughing. Some are even weeping. Some are hugging. It's just... It's like, wow, this is what church is really supposed to be, not just watching, you know, a teaching. So the next question is, why aren't we talking about the occult? It has seeped its way into our culture and it's affecting a lot of people. And a lot of us are exposed to it and really don't even are aware of it. So let's take Jay Z. For example, he he's well known billionaire, sold millions of records, maybe you know tens of millions, I'm sure. And not long ago, he walked around with a sweatshirt with the phrase on it, "Do what thou wilt," and that is a uh, <laughs> that comes right from the British Satanist Aleister Crowley. The whole statement is, "Do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law." So that's a satanic, that's an occult statement. And, and Jay-Z has his own line of clothing called Rocawear, And on that, he will have Masonic symbols, pentagrams, obelisks, pyramids, and the all-seeing eye. So this guy who's in, well-known in pop culture, a lot of people have their albums. He's obviously into the occult. And sometimes uh, they'll be casting spells on their, their albums and you don't want anything to do with anything like that in your home. And I'm sure there are a lot of Christians that listen to his records and think, ah, that's no big deal. I've never listened to a song. So I I don't know what the words are. But all I know is I want nothing to do with any kind of media where the person who's putting it out is involved with the occult. So let's talk about… Another well-known person in the entertainment realm that a lot of people know about, in fact, she's in the news probably every single day, at least multiple times, and that is Taylor Swift. She has a song called Karma, and in that song, she says the words, karma is a god. And then in her Karma music video, she wears dark clothing with a devil's mask on, where they're standing in... Hell, basically, that's what the uh, the soundstage looks like. It's hell. And then she blows a kiss to three grim rip- reapers who are holding up the metal finger. In her Willow music video, there's a scene totally unrelated to the lyrics where there's a circle of people dressed around in occult-style robes doing an occult worship scene around a campfire. It's witchcraft. And on social media, she talks often about casting spells and her support for abortion as well as premarital sex. So this woman is obviously into witchcraft. This isn't just some trite thing she's doing. And you can look this up online. These are these are videos I'm talking about that you can watch. This is not hearsay. And then last Super Bowl, and I didn't watch the Super Bowl, but I saw pictures. Uh, she had a friend in there. I guess it's another rapper, entertainer named Ice Spice. And the woman was wearing an upda- upside down cross and she was watching the Super Bowl with Taylor Swift, meaning that Taylor Swift's friends are obviously in the occult. So uh, moms and dads, you don't want her music in your home. We are called to a standard of holiness. We We do not just look the other way when – Our kids or our family members or we are are looking at and listening to media that has to do with the occult or Satanism or witchcraft or any of that. We don't want anything to do with that. So it's obvious that she's into this stuff and there's often, like I just mentioned, spells will be cast and going on while the music is being created or produced and Led Zeppelin from my day back in the 70s, they they were well-known for that. We don't mess with that type of media. But let's talk about how the occult has made its way into Christian entertainment. Everybody's going gaga over The Chosen, or at least a lot of people are. I've not watched a single episode of it. And Jonathan Rumi is the lead actor who plays... Jesus and and what I'm going to share with you now are in videos so you can you can watch these online so again it's not hearsay and he openly said that he's into necromancy which is praying to the dead he prayed to he went to Lonnie Sheldon's grave when he was preparing to do the sound of freedom and prayed and asked Lonnie how he should portray him and that how he can honor Lonnie in that movie. So who are we praying to when we're praying to the dead? We're praying for demons. Lonnie's not going to hear him. He's gone. And the other thing that actually concerns me even more is, and this is, again, on video, this is the guy who's playing Jesus. He's come out and he said he's a 33rd, 33rd degree Freemason. Masonry is well known for being an occult group. The 33rd degree is right there at the top. And the higher they get in that ranking, the deeper they are into the occult. So you got a guy who's into an occult group and has come out publicly and said he's been into necromancy into both of these things. And he's the guy playing the Jesus figure that so many people are um, watching these days. I really get concerned sometimes when I see, like, But The Chosen, supposedly half a billion people have watched it. And I think about the Bible verse that talks about the narrow path, which very few will find. And it talks about the the wide path to destruction, which a lot of people are running on. And so what is the open door to the occult? It's through entertainment. It's through a thing that has become an idol and a religion for a lot of people. Because what we devote our time to shows what we really love and in a time when 5 to 10% of Americans read their Bible every day, uh, there's going to be a gigantic void left, and they're going to be going and looking for their spiritual experiences elsewhere, which will leave the door wide open to some place like watching The Chosen, where we don't know what's really going on behind the scenes there, but the director, Dallas Jenkins, has openly come out and said that like 95% of the content is just they made it up. So you're not watching the Scripture. You're not watching a the Bible, the Word of God. You're watching something. that's There's a lot of just guesswork in there about what Jesus and these disciples might have done from the Creator's standpoint. And if Dallas Jenkins, and I can't believe he doesn't know this, knows who Jonathan Rumi is and knows that he's into Freemasonry and into – necromancy what does that say about him so we give way too much place and entertainment in our lives our our primary area of spiritual feeding should be at the feet of god with the screens turned off prayer soaking ourselves in prayer and god's word every single day that's where we go not to the tv not to the screen and certainly not to it. TV show where the lead Jesus character is into this stuff we have to talk about these things in church we have to equip people, make them understand they can't play games with this stuff this is all going to be a spiritual distraction and even a rabbit hole my next question for this series is why aren't we talking openly about sex porn In masturbation in the church, and I was flick going through some emails we received recently, and a lot of them say things like, "I'm in bondage to porn. Please help me." I've one guy wrote and said, "I just finished masturbating and I hate it. Please help me." There's a lot of people crying out for help. We see the words "please help me" in a lot of the emails um, and the requests for help we get, and yet. You will rarely hear these topics approach in church, which is insane. And I'm going to read from the book of Revelation. And to the angel of the church in Thyatira write the words of the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your works, love, faith, service, and patient endurance, that your latter works exceed the first. But I have this against you, that you tolerate that woman, Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess and is teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and to eat food sacrificed to to idols. I gave her time to repent, but she refuses to repent of her sexual immorality. I will throw her into a bed, and those who commit adultery with her, I will throw into great tribulation unless they repent of her works. There is a compelling command for every single church— to deal with sexual sin, with pornography, and you can substitute the word porn for Jezebel, if you like, or sexual sin, or sexual immorality, or promiscuity. We're not doing this. It's like we got our heads in the sand. It's like, why? I hear this so often. Why aren't our churches talking about this? And I was talking to a friend in Great Britain a couple months ago, and he told me he's... Talk to people about why they never hear sermons on sex in Great Britain. I had one guy who was 70 years old, told me he had heard one message on sex all of his life. Another man, and this is in the UK, another man in the UK, around in his 70s, an elder of a church, told me he had never heard a message on sex. This is insane. When 70% of Christian men and a third of Christian women and 90% of our youth are viewing porn, this is beyond just like, what are you doing? Playing church? And he told me that the uh, the reasons he was given that we don't talk about sex in church in Great Britain is that, and these are his words, because it's not proper. What the heck is that supposed to mean? It's not proper. Do you think... We can face Jesus in eternity and say, hey, God, sorry, didn't talk about sex because it's not proper, even though you told us to talk about sex in your word, in Revelation, and multiple times all over the Bible. It's just nuts. In 2021, I did a video series, 30 Days of Prayer, where there was 30 videos on the subject of prayer, and some of that was how to pray and what to pray for, and... Resting in silence with God, and, and the third video was on praying for the porn industry because we just kind of sit there and watch while the porn industry cranks all this material up out, and we do nothing, and we let we let the porn industry basically flood the culture with this stuff, and we just kind of sit back and let it, you know get overwhelmed with it, and and one church in Great Britain was taking those videos and they were sending them to their flock. They were emailing them once a day. And then when the third one came out, I got an email from a woman who attended that church in Great Britain. And she told me, the pastor said, if there's one more video that has to do with sex, we're going to shut it down. You know what Daniel said? Open shame belongs to us. In Daniel 9, read his prayer open shame belongs to us because we will not face our sin and we are keeping a lot of people in bondage and in hopelessness because we don't have the guts to open this stuff out. Full force, industrial strength. It's not proper. That's not going to go over in eternity. And this is a study from Pew Research. I'm going to read this. What they found about what Americans Believe About Sex Outside of Marriage. And, and I'm quoting from the article now. When it comes to sex between unmarried adults who are in a committed relationship, a majority of Christians, 57%, say sex between unmarried adults in a committed relationship is sometimes or always acceptable. and That includes 67% of mainland Protest- Protestants and 64% of Catholics. Half of Christians say casual sex, defined in the survey as sex between consenting adults who are not in a committed romantic relationship, is sometimes or always acceptable. That's half. And we're in a church where we are called the sexual purity and holiness. See, when we don't talk about this stuff, when we don't talk about sex or the other things, People are left to their own to make up their own truth and their own reality. And uh, when they're not reading their Bible, we're not reading our Bible every day like 90% of us are not, then we don't know God's standards. And when our churches are too comforting and lukewarm to go there, uh, this is where a a lot of lives are getting destroyed because we're asleep at the wheel. And when half of Christians are saying casual sex is good, and it's not sin. We have a serious, this is a moral crisis. I'm not one given to, you know, overstating words, but if this isn't a moral crisis, tell me what is. A senior pastor of a church of a thousand told me uh, a little while ago that after their men's retreat, 80% of the men confessed to an ongoing struggle with pornography. We had on a radio this radio show a woman friend of mine who talked to youth and she talked to young girls, teenage girls, and she asked the girls to raise their hand if they were viewing porn. Every single hand went up. And then there was a sexting scandal in Canyon High School in Colorado uh, several years back. But what happened was What was discovered was there were several hundred students in high school and junior high who were found to be trading, uh, sexting, uh, naked pictures of each other. And the parents got all upset and freaked out. But I'm thinking, Mom and Dad, this is on you because you're not properly watching your kids and walking with them on what they should and shouldn't be doing. And you're giving them smartphones with wide-open Internet access – this is on you. You're not talking to them openly about these issues and preparing them. So, why don't we talk about sex? And 1 with the time I have left, 1 Corinthians 5 gives us the answer. It says, uh, and This is right after Paul mentions the guy had sex with his dad's wife. He says, You're arrogant. Ought you not rather to mourn? Let him have done be removed from you. So we are arrogant. This is the main reason we don't talk about sex according to Scripture. Nobody's brokenhearted over their sin. Who mourns these days? We've lost our heart. We have have so much to offer. We have Jesus Christ, Son of the Living God, crucified for our sins, and we have His standards. We have God's Word. We have so much to offer, but when we're playing ostrich, we're keeping people in bondage. So next week, I will continue this series on quest asking questions. And so thank you for joining me and we'll talk to you next time. Do you want to be oh. free?
0: Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Jenung's books, groups, counseling or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org, email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144. This program was sponsored by Blazing Grace Ministries.